Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Live from California, Connecticut, and Indiana. It's the Lost Revisited Now, episode 39. New sheriff in town, boys. Y'all best get used to it. Welcome back to The Lost Revisited. Now, episode 39, we'll be talking about whatever happened, happened. Uh, I did a little initial reaction show this week. It was like 3 in the morning, and I was like half asleep. Probably made a lot of mistakes, so... But we wanted to get some content out there. But here we are, Saturday, The Lost Revisited Now. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, email us, thelostrevisited at gmail.com or Bunny's Hatch at AOL.com, and you can check out Miss Wendy's blog, It's About Bunnies, the official website of The Lost Revisited Now, misswendy.wordpress.com. So, Miss Wendy, hello. How are you? Hello, Heath. How you doing? Good. Well, technically, this podcast like already happened, so what am I going to say next? <laughs> That's exactly nothing. You're yeah. exactly right. You hurried me. I, <laughs> I at least I didn't Scooby Doo ya. But there you go. That comes next. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Axel Foley is in the chat. Hello, Axel Foley. We got the return. Oh, he has left. <laughs> we got the return of Zach Fast, Persia. What else? Who else we got? We got all yeah. kinds of people. Well, of course. All right, today. <laughs> We have two special guests, two Dharma ladies. They do the podcast, Jacob's Cabin. So now, let's welcome in Anna in Indiana and Denise, a.k.a. Shop Cheddar. How are you, girls? Good. Good. Awesome. Welcome to the Lost Revisited Now. We're so happy to have you. And uh, Awesome. Cool. So before we get started, let's, why don't you introduce yourselves, tell us about your podcast, where we can email you, find you, and give us a little Jacob's Cabin history. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Anna, Anna in Indiana, and um, we have a blog for Jacob's Cabin, and it's annainindiana.wordpress.com. So you can um, contact us through the blog. We also have email addresses and voicemail phone numbers on there. Um, Denise is my coworker, and she got me hooked on Lost, and that's sort of how this all got started. So if Denise wants to introduce herself. Um, I'm Denise, and I gave Anna the crack that is Lost after my brother gave it to me. <laughs> um, it's been so much more fun podcasting than I could have ever imagined, and I only wish we'd started a little bit sooner. Yes, I, I hear I hear that. I mean, I started the podcast by myself, met Miss Wendy, and I'm like, come on with me. And now it's so much better <laughs> to have a partner. It's definitely 
Um, I tell you, I did that initial reaction show by myself, and I was like, this is weird. Uh, it felt like, I don't know, it was like I need Miss Wendy to come in and save my butt at times. <laughs> yeah, we had to podcast from uh, different states the other week, and it was very weird being the only one there. <laughs> it turned well, out well, though. Yes. Yes. I mean, well, Anna has joined us in many conversations, of course, and she was on the Ramble On cast where <laughs> I started this thing after we podcast. I'm like, any podcasters want to call in? Any listeners? Any fans? And it was, was it a success, I would say. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, uh, actually, a lot of people, and of course, Denise was in the chat. Wish you, you you were going to call in, but you were sick. That's right. Yeah, now I, I remember. Yeah, I have a voice. I was kind of yeah. sleepy. <laughs> yeah, you were sick. Um, but, like, that podcast is getting downloaded like crazy. Oh, really crazy. Oh, it was crazy. so much fun to re-listen to a second time, even. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is just, like, I listen, you know, I've listened to every podcast, and to have everyone in one spot I think that's why a lot of the listeners were very excited because, yeah, we all have our separate podcasts, our separate way of doing it, but when we're all together, it's kind of, it's kind of neat, and uh, I'm really excited. So the next one we're going to do is April 24th um, on Friday. That's a Friday night, so me and Miss Wendy, uh, actually, that week lost is off. Um, do, do, do you ladies, I, I heard April 22nd is a week break, have you heard of any confirmation on that? I saw a schedule somewhere that that was supposed to be just a clips-only episode. Oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. It's about the uh, Oceanic Six. They came out. Cool. Title, so. Cool. So, cool. Yeah, so, because um, actually that, for the week before, me and Miss Wendy have to do our podcast on Monday because I'm going to be away that weekend. So we'll do that on Monday, have the ramble on on Friday, give the listeners some content. I uh, also want to say hello to Nancy Drew. She's in the chat. And Tiny the Bodyguard, our Lost Ramble on alum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I say we get we dive into this episode. What do you say, Donna ladies? Sounds good. Let's go. Let's do it. I've got it over, Manga. Why don't you hit the buffet? All right. Got to have my little Sawyer voice with me. <laughs> Special to... All right, so... The first thing we're going to start off with is Kate in the grocery store. So, again, we see the pier that late night when son's got a gun to bend and everyone's arguing about going back to the island, etc. Kate is driving with little Goober, and Goober wants some milk. So, Kate decides to go to the grocery store, and they go in, and now he wants a juice box. Typical little kid, changing his mind, no problem. Uh, Kate calls, um, I'm sorry, Jack calls Kate on the phone. You see Jack Shepard's calling. Then Kate loses Aaron. Now, I remember losing my grandmother in a grocery store once, and I was petri- I was terrified. <laughs> I was going crazy because it's such a big place for a little kid. But little Goober seems to be fine as Kate finds him with a blonde lady. And scary enough, the blonde lady was like a Claire look-alike, especially when she smiled at the end when she turned her head. It was like, oh, it was freaky. So this is, you know, a little theme to start off the podcast with, but I'll start with you, Miss Wendy. Uh, any thoughts on the scene, the weird-looking Claire, anything you want to talk about? 
Yeah, she did kind of give a weird vibe there, almost like everything happened so quickly that, you know, I mean, he was halfway across the store and, and holding that lady's hand. It just seemed almost like she had an odd expression. We'll say maybe an even Amy expression, possibly. But <laughs> she she just seemed a little bit off to me. I think Kate was kind of feeling that, too. But that's just my observation. And yeah. it was pretty sickening. That whole thing just felt pretty real, watching her running up and down the aisles. Looking yeah. for Aaron, it, it was, you, you could feel that. It was pretty nauseating. <laughs> uh, what about you, Anna? Any comments on the scene? Yeah, I was wondering why Jack called her, because didn't they just leave him at the pier, and then he was in the van with Ben, so why would he need to call her? Ah, see? So maybe he didn't call her. Maybe it was somebody else just making it look like he was the one calling so that she would get distracted and could lose Aaron and therefore come to the realization that, hey, I could lose him at any moment, and he wasn't mine to begin with. Ah, Denise, what do you think about that? Um, from actually about three seconds ago, it just kind of made me think, I wonder if the smoke monster could dial the phone, you know, or find a way to make the phone ring to distract her for that. Because, I mean, we don't know what all the smoke monster can do, but I don't know what Anna just said made me totally think of that. And mm-hmm. I figured it was probably a red herring because her hair didn't look quite the same, but it was still kind of made my heart stop just for a second, you know. And yeah. that lady was booking it out of the store, too. Like, you <laughs> just can't walk that fast with a little kid. So, <laughs> yeah, it did look like she was leaving. Like, it wasn't like she went to a supervisor or whatever. They looked like they were straight for the door, headed straight yeah. for the door. Yeah, she was uh, booking it big time. Yeah, it could be a bad twin. As far as is a smoky dial on the phone, have you been hanging out with Lost Unlocked lately? <laughs> no, I actually have <laughs> never got a chance to into that, believe it or not. <laughs> well, but, I don't know. It's, it's kind of made me think of that. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a re. You got to think there's a reason why they showed the shot of Jack calling. Yeah. You know, it, they did it before in the beginning of the season when she's like at the gas station uh, and she's pulling out and she doesn't answer. I mean, Jack's called her a few times. I thought that was interesting. Why is Jack calling at this point? So. Anyway, so, all right, so let's move on to Kate and Cassidy. Um, got a little description, a little notes to uh, say, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start off with Denise on this one. Um, okay, so it's a flashback, if you want to call it that. It's kind of right after the Oceanic Six have been back. Uh, Kate's driving, listening to Patsy Cline. Uh, she uh, stops at a house and calls Aaron handsome. So it's the pre-Goober days, as we think. So we got young Aaron, uh, like I said, very soon after the crash, before the trial, it seems, because in Eggtown, Aaron was bigger, so we're assuming that happens a little later. Uh, Kater, it could really arrived... be before the trial, though, because she wouldn't have been free, would she? What's that? It couldn't have really been before the trial, because wouldn't she have been in custody? No, um, no I don't think... She got in the custody after that, like, first, uh, after the initial hearing with the lawyer. Okay. Um, 
So, yeah, so, and, and then when she got back after the trial, her house was there, and she had that maid or whatever, so I think it was pretty much, um, there was time before she actually went to trial, because so I remember when uh, the Michelle Forbes character there for Oceanic was like, we can't comment on that right now, so they probably gave her some time, and I believe she got the settlement before the trial, so um, it, I think, well, Unless the tri- I mean, I don't think the trial went on for like three years because Aaron was very small then, and at the end of the trial, he was, I think, the biggest we've seen him. So, yeah, I think it is before the trial. But anyway, um, she arrives at the house, and she's singing Catching a Fa- Catch a Falling Star. Now, um, Claire, when she was given Aaron up for adoption, uh, asked the, new, well, she was about to, the new parents, do you know Catch a Fallen Star? And that was in Raised by Another. And she uh, basically, when in maternity, maternity leave, the mobile there was playing Catch a Fallen Star. That's what Christian used to sing to young Claire. But I'm just kind of like, did how does Kate know that? So it could be one of those coincidences, what have you, but we'll get into that. Um, so Cassidy opens the door. Hey, I saw you on the news. You survived. And uh, Kate says, sorry, it's me. Uh, in the meeting, she gives Cassidy some money, and Cassidy's like, is this money even his? And then I started to think in Every Man for Himself, the Sawyer-centric episode in season three where the, the whole, the warden, he pulled that con on that George Costanza-looking guy, and the money he receives, he said, just put it in a bank in Albuquerque for my daughter. I can't, she can't know who it's from. Uh, Cassidy seems so smart here, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, so Cassidy seems very hot, like a little hostile at first, kind of reminds me of how Sun treated Kate in a couple of those early scenes in the season. Um, Kate trusts Cassidy about the lie. She tells Cassidy everything, and she doesn't believe Aaron is Kate's baby. Um, she thinks it's Sawyer's at first. Uh, Cassidy tells Kate Sawyer is a coward. And then on the second visit with them, we see Clementine. Uh, Kate, uh, she calls Kate Auntie Clementine, so there's evidently some. She's been coming back there. Um, and Kate is afraid but expects to lose Aaron. Uh, Cassidy makes it clear to Kate, you know, you took Aaron, and you took him because you needed him, not the other way around. Sawyer broke your heart. Also, um, the whole thing before, Denise, uh, before you come in here, um, there's been some people saying, why would Kate tell Cassidy um, about the lie and all that? And I'm like, that past episode where they first meet and they run kind of the con to, so Kate can see her mother and the whole thing with the U.S. Marshal, i got to think Kate uh, trusted Cassidy with, with that. Cassidy never turned on her, helped her there. So I'm assuming Kate needed to tell someone about this whole lie business and Cassidy was kind of like a confidant. So there's a lot of information here. So, Denise, why don't you start off with any comments you have or any anything you want to add? Um, I thought it was really weird that Cassidy seemed so, I don't know, like grumpy about everything. <laughs> <laughs> there didn't, I mean, at least to me, there didn't really seem to be too much of a reason for her to be grumpy with Kate. I mean, being grumpy with Sawyer, I can understand. He left her with a baby. But, you know, Kate's just an old friend to her, you know? Mm-hmm. kind of wondering about that. And I have to wonder if, you know, people, the more that people that they tell the real story, 
what is that going to mean? Is that going to make something horrible happen, you know? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't think that Cassidy would tell just because of the type of person that she is, you know, having to do her own cons and everything, too. But yeah. it just seems like a dangerous thing to just go running around telling people. Anna, what are, you, what are some of your thoughts? Well, I mean, everything seemed fine after that initial hostility. That was strange, sort of out of character. But then after that, you know, they sort of smoothed things out. And I just thought it seemed really natural for Kate to trust Cassidy because of how much she trusted her before um, yeah. the other time that they met. Miss yeah, Wendy? Definitely true. Um, well, of course, they, they had the, uh, she had a no soliciting sign. Yeah, you <laughs> noticed that. Get, she didn't want to get, first I thought it was another no smoking sign, and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's no soliciting, and I thought, well, she wanted to make sure she doesn't uh, run into any more salesmen like Sawyer ever again. I mean, she was pretty bitter when <laughs> <laughs> she first showed up. And, um, uh, I was going to say something else about it. Oh, about him being a coward, at that coming up again. Yeah, Desmond Another was known as a coward. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Charlie, was he? Charlie? I know he used that, calling somebody a coward, but I think he was somebody they called. Oh, uh, the... That girl he conned for the Winston Churchill, yeah. she called him a coward. Right. Uh, you know, for conning her and stealing that. And she's like, but then why did you take the job? I think, but, I think that to Cassidy's credit, whenever she knew Sawyer, he was probably more of a coward. But there's no way that she could possibly know how he's changed. So, you know, I, don't, I can't really fault her for that because that's how she knows him. She doesn't oh, know yeah. who he's become. Yeah. Also yeah, about the she, money. Did did she did she ever receive the money, or did the warden smoke him out of that money too? Did it ever get to Clementine? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, you would think a big sum of money is left there in Albuquerque for Clementine. Who the heck else would have sent that money? Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Unless Cassidy's been running some cons. Who? No, just kidding. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, she seems very. Cassidy seems very, yeah, that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, man, she's, like, going to do a number on Kate. And it kind of, again, it felt like the way Son treated Kate, like, kind of weird. So, Kate, how's Jack? Like, that weirdness at first. But she seems to come around. And she does say, I have sympathy for you, not empathy. And empathy is usually used when you go through the same thing and you can empathize. Am I correct? Yeah. And sympathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sympathy is just kind of you feel sorry for someone, but you don't know what they're going through. So I thought that was a, an interesting choice of words. She used sympathy, not empathy, but could be just reading too much into that. <laughs> um, also, again, about Aaron, and he's just waking up, and later we see him sleeping. He's He sleeps a lot. <laughs> I don't know if that just helps on the dialogue, maybe it's a little hard to deal with. Yeah. Young kids, but uh, they uh, they make a point of what a good sleeper he is and how you know. He yeah, about how well. he was on the island, so he can sleep through anything. Right, and here he is sleeping again. I also wanted to bring up about Patsy Klein, and they keep bringing up Patsy Klein. 
I yeah. love Patsy Cline. Yeah. She was, uh, um, she died in a plane crash, of course, mm-hmm. um, yep. but she was also married to an abusive alcoholic. And uh-huh. it hmm. kind of correlates with Kate's family story, at least, and maybe something that might come further down the road. Well, Coke Logic had written in to, um, to Anna about wondering if Kate was kind of leaning towards Roger because of her having an abusive stepfather before. And, I mean, that kind of fits in with the past decline, Roger, Kate's dead stepfather thing. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, what she knows is her father figure being abusive, and she's going to tend to go towards that even if she doesn't realize it. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when we first met Kate, she was on the island, fugitive, tough. But it seems like she's really, like, with Sun, with Cassidy, she's not, like, hostile Kate, any, well, hostile, lack of a better term, but tough Kate. She seems more kind of with her guard down a little bit. But not, I mean, not with Aaron per se, but it, she, she definitely is different in what, what she's going through. And it kind of, like, felt like, real quick, you know how, like, I don't know, two exes talk about the same guy they dated, and they're like, they band together, and they kind of, like, but, but Kate, I mean, Kate's very, like, not anti-Sawyer. As much as Aunt Sawyer has conned Kate with the stasho guns and all that stuff, she, man, she's in, really in love with Sawyer. I mean, it's evident. It's there. And, you know, Cassidy comments on Kate's face on how Sawyer did a number on her and how, you know, he jumped out of the helicopter but because he was afraid to for his responsibilities. Now, we'll get to that in the Sawyer-Kate closure uh, topic later on as they cross the sonic fence. But uh, speaking of that, I'd like to move on to Kate's mission to find Claire. Now, Kate, after talking with Cassie and almost losing Goober in the grocery store, she decides to go see Carol Littleton. Uh, and basically, she explains everything to her. Uh, she tells them they lied to protect Aaron. Uh, she um, uh, basically claimed Aaron to her to her to be her own to, uh, to protect him. And Miss Littleton's like, "Oh, you know, why didn't you come to me?" Uh, she says Claire and, the, and others on the island are alive, and she's going back to the island to find Claire. Um, you know, but it's weird because the way she told Sawyer, like, I know why I came back, it, it was totally set up as I came back for you, not like, oh, yeah, I came back to find Claire. <laughs> and so um, she alluded, I mean, right there, she alluded that she came back for Sawyer, but evidently she's there to find Claire. Uh, so, and the scene where Kate says goodbye to Aaron, it was a very Miss Wendy Misty moment. Uh, it was kind of sad. Uh, it was, like, for that point, I, I'm not going to say I've been a Kate hater, but I just haven't been a big fan of her storyline off the island. But this episode and this kind of thing with, Kate really started, really was into it. Now, of course, we found out where Aaron is. She's with Miss Littleton. So, Miss Wendy, did you, any comments on this mission 
this misty moment, and are you happy? And when we can, and I, I want all of you to answer. Are you happy to know that Aaron's with Carol Littleton? Is that a good place for him to be? Did you think different? Kind of. We'll just get into a discussion. Actually, instead of like after I read the topic, I'll cue one of you, and then we can all kind of talk in, so we don't. You can just come in when you got thoughts. So, but Miss Wendy, kick us off. Yes, I think it's pretty much an inevitable place that she was going to end up handing Aaron over to Carol. I think that was pretty much the only place at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of reminded me, we got last time when we brought up a Jacob's Ladder and, and things like that, and it reminded me of the Old Testament story, story of um, the Pharaoh's daughter, because Kate said, I, you know, I saved him, I... You know, I needed to protect him, and and how the Pharaoh's daughter found Moses in the in the river and mm-hmm. saved his life. But you know, she pretended this was her child and raised him that way. But eventually, the truth came out, and she had to give him up, and uh, he went on to his destiny. But <laughs> um, I think it's just that he went back to do what he needed to do, but also to be with his family again. And um, I think that might be a similar um, storyline, is that it's important for her to, um, I mean, for Aaron to be with his family. And also the whole thing with Kate and not being good. And one of the things she said to Carol was, you know, he's so sweet and kind and good. (laughs) And um, maybe she felt that because she can't be good, that she also couldn't raise him right either. That was probably weighing on her too. So I think it's a good place for him so far in the story <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. Anna, Denise, any jump in any time? Um, I think that it's probably going to be a good place for him, but I think that I mean, we don't know exactly how it happened, but I think that Kate should have at least introduced him to his grandma so he doesn't just wake up and his mom's gone and there's a weird lady in the room, you know? Well, she (laughs) did tell him, I told him he has a grandmother and that I'll be going, leaving for a while and I'll be back soon. So she she did tell, uh, she did mention she told uh, Goober that she does have a grand, he does have a grandmother, so he wouldn't be freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I hope that it'll end up good for him, and maybe it'll give him a much more normal and grounded life that he deserves to have. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I still think, and I think uh, me and Axel have talked about this, how there's got to be a point where Gion, Aaron, Clementine, all the young kids come back, Walt maybe, they all come back. To, they all come to the island at the end. To start a spin-off show called like, we'll you know, like Lost Babies or something. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So yeah, I I I kind of like the whole if if they follow through that if Kate's mission now that they've kind of put sort of the rest of the whole Kate Sawyer thing, that her mission is to find Claire. If they do that storyline and make it cool, I think it'll be good. I think it can be done really well if that is truly her mission. Um, so, you know, hopefully it, hopefully it is. So we'll see. Um, any other comments before we move on to some on-island stuff? 
Yeah, just that Kate seems to think she's coming back pretty soon, and I just mm-hmm. wonder if that's going to happen. Because I had that same feeling with Sun, that, you know, um, maybe she doesn't mind leaving her daughter because she knows that she'll be back soon, or she thinks she'll be back soon. And I kind of got the same idea from Kate. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does say, I'll be back soon. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, maybe they have it in their mind that they can go to the island and leave, but or is a lot of time on the island going to be sh- short compared to the real world? Who knows? I, I, I really don't think they know. Mm-hmm. that they're going to be back in 1977 or whatever. Okay. So it is kind of interesting that they, you're right, that they do think they're going to be back soon. But now, it, you know, then we see in, the, in, a, in 316 when Kate comes into Jack's room, she's crying and she's all weird. Like, originally I thought she was freaked out and that Aaron, like, said something and... <laughs> Like, so, Mom, you going back to the island to find my mom, my real mom, or something crazy like that, and it freaked her out? That's what I thought, so I was, you know, totally off on that. On that. But it's Jeremy Bentham does on that one. What's the, oh, it's yeah. Jeremy Bentham does. Yeah. It's a soap opera thing, you know? Totally. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the movie High Strung. <laughs> it's very low budget. It's like Jim, one of Jim Carrey's first movies. He played Death. But <laughs> Oh, I never saw any Lost alums in there? <laughs> no, no Lost oh, alums, okay. but Back to the Damn. Future alum. Back to the Future alum, so it kind of goes with this episode. Oh. But, um, yeah, Biff is in it. But <laughs> uh, they, he, the main character is talking about how on soap operas, he hates it when they do the big face. He calls it the big face. All the like, pause, the dramatic Mark, pause and before show, those. And then they cut yep. the commercial. They cut yep. the commercial, and then they come back, and it's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, what's the big face? <laughs> so it was yeah. kind of, they gave us the big face there on the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, soaps do that all the time. Yeah. It's like, it's, I think it's like in the actor's contracts to have to have like three dramatic pauses before a commercial <laughs> each episode. Um, all right, let's move on to On Island, and the next topic will be Jack is the new lock. So Jin brings little Ben back. He's shot, of course, to New Otherton. Uh, little Ben's barely holding on. Uh, Julia tries to save him, but she can't. Uh, the doctor, Sawyer asks where the doctor is, and he's like, oh, he's at the looking glass station till Friday. Kind of interesting. Uh, the Losties are on house arrest. Uh, Sawyer goes to ask Jack to save the kid. Jack won't help. And his final, Jack's final comment is like, well, then he dies. So Jack's making sandwiches, and he's like, 30 years from now, again, I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to be locked in a cage and we'll be forced to operate on Ben because, of course, Kate asked him to, uh, or they'll kill Sawyer. So Jack, Jack says, I did it for you, Kate. And um, I already saved Ben Linus once. And Jack now gets into something where the whole Jack is the new lock, if you will. Uh, Jack explains, like, how he's always tried to fix things, kind of like how Sarah told him in A Tale of Two Cities. You always have something to fix. Actually, I think she says it in The Hunting Party. I can't remember which episode. She probably says it both, actually. Um, But the island wants to fix things itself. Maybe I just got in the way. And I was like, what? What the heck, Jack? You're saying this? I mean, it almost sounds like Jack is becoming like Locke, a man of fate. Uh, Kate says she doesn't like the new Jack 
sitting around and waiting. She likes the Jack that goes out and does. And she's almost like, I miss the old Jack. But Jack's like, you didn't like the old Jack. Um, then we have a, a conversation where Juliet goes into the bathroom where Jack is finishing up a nice shower. And uh, she says, I needed you. You know, you know, and and she alludes to he he's a kid, he's not Ben yet. And Jack says, He came back to save you to save all of you and Juliet's like, We didn't need saving and you came back for you, why? And Jack's like, I came back because I was supposed to. Again, another lock thing. But he doesn't know why yet. And Juliet's like, Well you better figure it out. All right, the new Jack. Anna, let's start off with you. Comments or do I like the new Jack? Oh, yeah. or the old basically, <laughs> no, basically, basically, um, we have these topics, and I kind of do the whole. I kind of give a little comment, read, and then we just kind of talk about them. Anything new that comes up, anything you want to talk about relating to this topic, so okay. just go for it. Well, I have to say, I think I prefer the new Jack to the old Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, um, he's not as in everybody's face, and he's more relaxed, and that's nice. But then also I don't like the fact that he refused to help Ben when he could have helped. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to both the old Jack and the new Jack. But, um, yeah, it is it is good to see Jack becoming more like Locke and believing this is something he has to do, which I guess... Um, I don't know, would you guys say that all dates back to seeing Locke in the hospital and hearing that Locke saw his dad? I mean, is that the moment that changed his perspective on all of it? Actually, I don't know. It uh, could be. I really believe that Jack is almost like waiting to see what to do, but I really believe if Locke saw his dad on the island, that he really wants to find his dad. I I really believe that's going to be a big part. Maybe his dad will help him guide him or whatever, but I think he's definitely curious about that. I think that's one of, we'll find out that's one of Jack's main things. Whether, I mean, I always get to the point where Jack tells um, young, I mean, uh, Christian tells young Jack, like, what did he say, Wendy, you're not a leader, or you, it's in White Rabbit. You don't have what it takes. (laughs) You don't have what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because Jack thinks he doesn't have what it takes, but Locke kind of pushes him to lead in season one. They look to you, and then and he, what, he didn't want to lead, but he had to, but now he's kind of almost okay not leading. <laughs> I mean, it's very, very interesting, the whole Jack dynamic. Well, the way he talked to him, too, it wasn't a matter of if he was going to be a leader, but to know where he was going Yes. first. So maybe this is what it is, is him knowing where he's going now. And he doesn't mm-hmm. know what it is that he's going to be doing. But he's supposed to be there, and something will happen. He's just not sure what it is yet. Yeah, that's, that's going to be very interesting to see how Jack's character... I mean, he was almost forced to leave because he was the doctor, and he kind of took control at the beginning. Then he tried to, like, get away from it, but... And his big thing, you know, I got them off the island, and I'm thinking, well, you got six, five others off the island. Jin blew up. <laughs> a lot of people were left behind. Are you really proud of that, Jack? And then you're yeah, back. Definitely. 
<laughs> you know? So he's almost justifying, like, no, I, I did write. But, I, yeah, I think Jack does have... Now, whether... Now, do you guys think that Jack, like, say he sees a lock or whatever? I mean, he's sounding like, for the first time, he mentions the island, you know, wanted to... You know, he he never referenced that. Locke talks about the island. And Jack even says, it's an island, John. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's not special. Miracles don't happen here. But all of a sudden, he's believing. And when he was putting the shoes on Locke, he was still like, God, you must be laughing wherever you are. <laughs> and And he didn't believe then. Then when he read the letter on the plane, whether he believed or not, then all of a sudden the flashes happen. So, I mean, what happened since he read the letter till now that all of a sudden he believes the island's special? Um, I'd say waking up in 77 would have a big part to do with that for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if I woke up and, and it was 30 years prior, I'd be like, well, clearly the island's got to be something special. Otherwise, I need to go hang out with Hurley in the mental institution. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I think it'll be really neat if we get to see more of Jack's conversion over to Locke. And mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about this a few weeks ago, and I think it would be awesome if we found out one day that Jack's real first name is John because my grandpa was named John and he always went by Jack. So, I mean, if, if he's yeah. slowly turning into John Locke and then we find out that that's his real first name, that would just be crazy. Yeah, like President John F. Kennedy, his close friends called him Jack. I mean, that's, yeah, that's definitely a uh, used. Um, I had this wild theory in my early lost days that Jack and Locke are actually the same person, kind of like Fight Club, and that <laughs> we're seeing, like, future Jack and younger Jack. You know, I had this wild thing, like, what if they're the same person and they're on this island talking to each other? And that's why they conflict so much, because at the moment Jack became a man of faith, that's when his life kind of started as John Locke. But, of course, that's not true, because we see the flashbacks. Like, we never saw Locke. This is before Cabin Fever, (laughs) before we actually saw a young John Locke. So that kind of threw that theory into the dumpster. It is fun to think about the theories that we had once upon a time and just know that, like, every single one of them is out the window. (laughs) Like, (laughs) the first time we heard the smoke monster, my husband and I were watching, we're like, what on earth? And we just assumed, I mean, clearly it's got to be a dinosaur. So (laughs) we're calling it Truckosaurus Rex because it kind of sounded like a truck. (laughs) And like, well, there's polar bears. Why can't there be dinosaurs, too? But we were watching it almost three seasons behind because we didn't used to have cable. So I was behind the curve big time. Oh, wow. Did you did you start Lost late? Like, did um, you start watching the DVDs or did you watch from day one? No, um, my brother got us the DVDs for Christmas of, I want to say 2005. Um, season three was playing on TV, I believe, but we didn't have cable, so... Season four is the first time I got to watch it at the current August time. August of 06, then Christmas of 06. Yeah, that one then. Yeah, that's so the both first two seasons you got on DVD, and then season three was playing. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, we, me and Wendy started from day one. <laughs> we were hooked into it. I think Wendy 
knew, like in season two, she knew about podcasts online. I didn't know about the online community till like season four. I didn't really go look for it until then. I was like, what? What's a podcast? I was very behind. I was kind of like an economist, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, so, I had seen a few articles about it, but I was—I heard that there was all these mysteries, and I was like, okay, I don't want to read too much about it until I can watch it. But then when yeah. I read something about how they made Sun and Jin only speak in Korean to help with the with the communication difficulties that you would be experiencing if you were there, I was like, I'm hooked. I've got to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because after season one, a friend of mine, like, it was on the radio, oh, Michelle Rodriguez is going to be, they're going to do a thing about the tail section. And at that point, I didn't, I wasn't like a spoiler person, or I thought news like that was no big deal for me. But now, like, had we heard that, like, in the summer before, like, this season, I mean, I guess it was out there, Michelle Rodriguez was coming back. But, like, now I'm, like, trying to avoid as much spoilers as I can. <laughs> I don't know, even watch was, the previews for the next week. I turn uh, the TV to the next channel immediately. Good for you. Good for you because, because the problem is ABC does the promos, and it's not Damon and Carlton and, and the Lost team doing the promos. It's strictly a network thing. So we had this big talk about the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. The promo they showed basically showed Locke alive, Locke killing himself, Ben in the room, kneeling. I mean, it had, like, all this stuff. And I was like, great, you just showed the whole episode. You know? Yeah, I'm really glad I didn't watch that then. Oh, yeah. Because I get so excited because it's over. I'm like, oh, give me a little snippet, you know. i got to see what's happening next week. And, but because I never used to think, ah, oh, promos, they're not really spoilers. Because I usually will forget them by the next week. But for Lost, I remember everything. <laughs> you know, if I, if I see a promo for Law & Order, I, totally miss it but like you do when you, if you see a promo you do have it in your head like oh we haven't seen Saeed shoot a gun yet okay that's right. coming up you know so yeah it, it, promos are tough so I you know I went into season four with a lot of spoilers now this season I don't I'm done with spoilers I heard a few things but I'm officially done aside from title names so I, yeah, I, I never went. Knowing. I never went looking for spoilers, but like I would listen to the forward cabin from Ryan Jen, and I'd hear maybe a little bit of what they would say on Lostcast the last season. But mm-hmm. then this season, I was like, nope. I was like, I want to be completely and utterly surprised. I don't even want to know the episode titles if I can help it. Yeah. So it's all about the willpower. Well, yeah, like Lost and Lock talked about, like the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. If that's not a spoiler title. I don't know what is. Like, I guess, like, what Kate did. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I guess we're going to find out. But All right, well, let's move on to our favorite Roger Linus, being facetious, of course. Uh, <laughs> we see Roger almost, like, hitting on Kate, which was oh, yeah. kind of creepy in its own right. Um, and then when Kate finds out his name, she's, like, taken back a little bit. But... Whether or not she was like, you're evil, or like, ooh, your son's evil, I feel bad for you. So Roger um, sees little Ben being carried in by Jin, and he's like, that's my kid. And, of course, all I could think of was Michael. He's my son, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that whole Walt thing. And it's just like, but in the Roger Linus way. Um, you can see Roger is stressed. Uh, 
so Sawyer's pretty much investigating, you know, how Saeed got out and all this. And a great little scene was like when Roger's outside of like the infirmary or whatever. Sawyer's like, hey, uh, I mean, they find out that the, with Horace, the janitor keys were used, and he's like, hey, Roger, get your uh, keys on you? And Roger's like, oh, no, I must have left them. And it's funny because Roger then says, I believe to Kate, LaFleur never, he's a bastard. He never asks a question he doesn't know the answer to. So it's kind of interesting there. So we find out that, you know, Jack and Roger are, and a guy named Willie are the three janitors. Um, Kate gives blood. Uh, she's a universal donor, so she's helping, trying to help a little Ben. And Roger is going all crazy, but she, Kate says to Juliet, you know, why don't, why don't, he stay with me just so I don't pass out. But it kind of calms the situation a little bit. Um, so it's interesting because Kate giving blood reminded me of Jack giving blood to Boone. Um, and Roger starts talking about how his wife died at birth when he gave birth to little Ben and how he thought he'd be a great father, but a boy needs his mother. Um, okay, so... We know Roger's mentally abusive, physically abusive to Ben, treats him like crap, like he's not even a human being. And I'm wondering a couple of things. One, do you think now Roger will treat Ben different, as we saw him in Man Behind the Curtain? Oh, you, you know, he still forgot his birthday, but he's like, oh, you used to be Chatty Cathy in the morning. And he seemed not as bad towards Ben, but like... <laughs> Him talking about him being a great father, like, he's, he, he mentioned something. I don't know, Wendy, if you remember this line or anyone or Anna or Denise, but he says something about, I only did what I thought she would have wanted me to do, how to raise him. And I'm like, wait, she'd want you to beat the hell out of him? You know, it, it, I was kind of like, what? You know, this man is a little nutty, but... Any comments, and anyone can jump in about Roger Linus and his whole <laughs> existence, I guess. Yeah, well, you asked how he's going to feel, like if he's going to treat Ben differently when Ben comes back. Yeah. Uh, when he's healed. Well, maybe for a little while, but I can see him being more angry about the fact that they actually um, let him go to the others and, I don't know, let something weird and unknown happen to him. That's a great point because that is another question that will come up. Like, is is by bringing him to the others, is that going to screw things for LaFleur and the crew? Is it, yeah, what is that going to do now? I mean, I assume they're going to find out. Yeah, they're going to have to find a way to, you know, come back from the, you know, the hostelville. And, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> They're going to have to find a way to come back from that since there's cameras trained on everything and have some sort of story. Yeah. So, I mean, how are they going to how are they going to weasel out of that? Miss Wendy, what do you think? Oh, I just wonder if, <laughs> if it's going to matter if he's nice to him anymore because he is going to lose his innocence, whatever that means, and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's not going to be the same. So if he if he does change in the whole scheme of things, it's not. I don't think it's going to matter much anymore to Ben. Yeah, I mean, 
it is going to be very interesting what's going to happen. I mean, Roger, I mean, someone had mentioned in another podcast, oh, Roger's just being like he cares about his kid because other people are around. No, you know, I believe that he does care about his son. Um, of course, doesn't treat him right, but he does. Even though he's abusive, he still is like, wow, he dies. I got nothing left. You know, I got no family, no nothing. That's all I have. And, you know, maybe the will open his eyes. But, again, if he finds out the hostels had something to do with it, maybe he'll be afraid of Ben. You know, because maybe Ben will have that look in his eye, like, don't touch me. You make me a sandwich. You know? (laughs) I mean, so, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Hmm. But we'll kind of get into that talk when we talk about the whole Richard Alpert thing at the end. But I do want to move on to time travel. All right. Bear with me. I'm going to – actually, this is not too long, but they – Hurley and Miles kind of represent us, the fan, the podcaster, the mainland people, I guess you could say. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. Okay. So Hurley is – does this whole Back to the Future reference with the hand, uh, representing Marty McFly and the picture of his brother and sister and his hand disappearing when he's playing Johnny Be Good and Back to the Future. Um, and he's like, if Ben dies, we don't exist. And that's where Miles comes in. Miles like, you can't change. Whatever happened, happened. We just never experienced how it all turns out. Uh, he goes, Linus doesn't die, which means the kid will be fine. Then they, they t- talk um, a conversation. They have a conversation about how everything has already happened. Miles is like, yes, but not for you and me. And Hurley's like, well, why don't I remember? And Miles like, when, Bert, when Ben turned the wheel, time isn't a straight line anymore. Our experiences in the past and the future um, happened before, but there are experiences right now. Like what we're doing now is after that. It's out of time, per se, but it's our future. Uh, and Miles wants Hurley to shoot him. But I, I, I think Miles knows that he won't, but Hurley thinks if Miles dies, he won't come to the freighter 30 years from now. But Miles says, no, I can die now because I've already come on the freighter to the island, kind of supporting his straight line that is not a straight line anymore. Um, like, 1977 is kind of their present. But for Ben and little Ben, it's his past. I'm meaning, I'm sorry, meaning little Ben, it's still his past. Uh, so that's why he won't die. Um, then, okay, then Hurley says something that kind of got me thinking. He says, well, then why didn't Ben remember getting tortured by Saeed, of course, in season two, uh, you know, as the same guy who shot him? And Miles like, good point, I'd never think of that. But how the heck does Hurley know Ben didn't know Saeed shot? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's almost like they were representing us, the fans, in, in these scenes, but at the same time, what? how the heck did Ben not know? So my question is, Does do you think, even though, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, how Richard says Ben's not going to remember what happened, do you still think Ben did remember and that's why he's gone on this whole thing with Saeed off-island and everything, manipulating him. 
Denise. Ooh, you would go <laughs> Or you can um, pass. You say, I pass um, to Anna. Well, I, before, since I know Anna will probably have a better answer, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I loved the conversation because it did seem like, you know, all the conversations all of us have had, and mm-hmm. it kind of turned it into a little time pretzel sort of thing. <laughs> but um, I was thinking, and I mean, I... I always try to think of realistic answers for things because I haven't, you know, read or watched as much sci-fi as other people. So I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, if he had all this traumatic events, his brain might block it out. So, I mean, there could be a logical answer for him not being able to remember that. But that almost seems like too easy of an answer, and they probably want us to go with a sci-fi answer, which I totally don't have. Well, I will say that... Back when I was 16, I was in a really bad accident, and to this day, I still don't remember it. I remember mm-hmm. point in time walking. I remember waking up in the hospital five days later, and I still yeah. don't remember it. So your mind does block out trauma. Now, whether Richard was alluding that he just won't remember or what we're about to do is why he won't remember. But, uh, or he's only just going to not remember a certain bit, you know? If he's yeah. not going to remember anything from before when he gets cured by Smokey, or if he's not going to remember just, you know, like the day or two around the accident, or, you know, what's he not going to remember? Yeah, kind of like Claire when she lost two weeks but then got snippets. I mean, could yeah. it be like that? Could it be, you know? And it, it's funny because, again, I'm jumping a little ahead, but actually I'm going to save it. Uh, Wendy, Anna, do you guys have anything? you want to comment on time travel and Hurley and Miles? I was going to let Anna go first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's our yes. We love the pause. We love the the comfortable <laughs> silence, as Uma Thurman said. In <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead, Wendy. Go ahead. Did we lose Wendy? Yeah, no, I'm still, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm still here. We know you like to pause. Time though. travel. <laughs> yeah. You flashed. <laughs> yeah, just for a sec. Uh, okay. I don't know. Time travel just is sometimes too over my head, so I'm still trying to work that one out. <laughs> okay. Fair travel. enough. Way to, you know, escape from yeah. answering. <laughs> oh, well, you could say, did you, like, did you like the scene? Did you like the scene, yeah, the way the they scene. were going? Yeah, I the scene. It's great. Okay. I just I had to watch it several times to understand it, <laughs> and I'm still not sure if I do, so, sorry. I, I mean, that's oh, okay. Hey, you know what? Travel. Hey. <laughs> I mean, oh, Anna is muted. Let me... Oh, well, there you go. Donald just texted. Oh, yeah, why are you muted? All right, hold on. Let me see. We can unmute you. Anna, are you back? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. Oh, that was... Oh, did you have to call back in? Yeah, I did. Okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't looking at the chat room. That's I, all right. That's I apologize. That's oh, right. and we, you could have saved me and Miss Wendy from our... Yeah. Time travel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Anna, thank you, Donald, for texting me that, because I would have not known you were muted. <laughs> okay. So, go ahead, Anna. It's okay. your show now. <laughs> well, right before I accidentally hung up... Um... 
<laughs> I, was, I was thinking, when Denise said the pretzel thing, I started thinking about the strings, and I thought, well, it's sort of like every person sort of has a string that stretches out behind them, and as long as the string's behind you, then it happens. So you could move around through time, but as long as that string's behind you, then what's happened has happened. And so the strings might sort of cross at different places, um, so hence why they can see Ben as an adult and then travel someplace else and see Ben as a kid. They hit the string at a different place, but they're still moving forward on their string, if that makes oh, gee, sense. And would have a way that makes cool sense. Yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that sounds, because, because little Ben technically has lived this already. The Losties haven't yet. That's why they don't know what's going to happen. So it it makes it, it makes sense. Like seventy seven is their future. Miles has already come to the island, done all that. But I guess where people get confused is, well, then if Miles were to die in seventy seven, then he wouldn't come. No, it already he already came back came to the island in '04. So technically, he would die in seventy seven, but that's his future. <laughs> you know. So pretty much, I guess the Dahmer people would see Miles die, say, and then move on. And then Miles already did his thing in the future. So technically, I guess people are thinking that 70, we're in 77 now and that we're going to see 78, 79, 80, 81, which I don't think we are. I think we're only going to see certain points that they go to because it has already happened. But, I mean, I'm thinking... We're going to see some time in the 70s, but that eventually, we're not going to, I don't think, we may see little snippets of the 80s or 90s, but I really believe we're going to go back to like 07 or 08, wherever they're at now. And then season six will probably be that, is what I'm thinking. But, so, all right, well, let's, um, are we, are we all unmuted and everything? We're all good right now? Yep. Give it, okay, good. I just want to make sure. <laughs> All right, because if you lose me, then you guys can just go on without me, you know. But, okay, so let's touch upon the Kate Sawyer closure thing just a little bit before we move on to Richard and Ben, and then, of course, Locke and Ben. So, all right, before they... They go to the Losties and bring Ben and what have you. Kate and Sawyer have a nice little conversation. Uh, Sawyer finds out Kate went to Cassidy, and Sawyer's like, oh, you went to Syria? And she's like, of course I did. And it's funny because Kate is describing Clementine to Sawyer, how she's beautiful, she looks like you and you smile. She even has a little attitude. And Sawyer's eyes in this scene, like, are, like, wide open, and he's almost like, oh, my God. It's priceless, his reaction. I loved that part so much. Oh, He was like, oh, yeah. my God, this is real. Yes. And he tells Kate that him and, him and Kate would have never worked out. He goes, I was never... I was more. I was never fit to be your boyfriend and to be a father. Just, but he's matured. He's changed in the last three years. And then, Kate, you know, Kate mentions how Cassidy calls him a coward. And, and before that story, like I'm sure you two had a lot to talk about. Again, going to the two ex-girlfriends kind of meeting and talking about them. Um, and 
basically Kate mentions that about him being a coward, but and then and then they go on. And what's funny is every all the fans were worried that Kate was going to come to the island and ruin the whole Sawyer Juliet thing, and they kind of were setting that up a little bit. But so, do you think? we have closure on this whole Kate Sawyer thing, or do you think there is going to be more to come with this whole storyline thing? Anybody can join in. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Freckles might be the game changer. Freckles. Yeah. Tossing up Freckles' name, and Juliet was kind of making strange faces again when she started talking about the others and there's still a lot going on with Juliet that we don't really know and how much she knows. So there I, I don't think it's completely over yet. I think they're that's why they're showing little glimpses in this episode of uh Juliet still Juliet <laughs> can't quite pin her down as far as like what's going on in her head and how much she knows and how um, how truly connected she is to the others, even though she was there and wanted to leave you know, to to be a part of that group, how much do you need to to be involved with them and um, there there might be more to the, to her story than we know there and and also that um it's it's another season, so I think they're going to continue this. Oh, that's a, a little cop bit out longer. Way. I'm cop sorry. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is. Another season. What am I supposed to tell you? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, we gotta theorize. Tell me what you th- what's in your mind. I just did. <laughs> All right, you just did, and you're exactly right. All that's right, it. let's move that's on to the that. Jacob Cabin Girls. What do you what do you what do you think? Well, maybe instead of a love rhombus next season, we'll have like a a love octagon or dodecahedron or something. <laughs> Whoa, Miss Horace, mathematician, just bust it out. <laughs> Geometric shapes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, right. I think Sawyer has definitely matured, like you said, and grown up some. So maybe Kate's not quite done with him, but hopefully he's done with her. Yes. I agree. No more agree. regressing for him. Like, I no, can I see Kate maybe trying to kiss him and him just being like, whoa, I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. I think Sawyer will. Because leading to our next thing, when Kate has little Ben at the pylon, uh, the pylons, the sonic fence, whatever they're called, um, Sawyer says, I'm doing this for Juliet. I'm helping you. I'm doing it for Juliet. And that's pretty amazing how Kate, uh, how Jack did it for Kate Save Sawyer. Um, so, oh, now my connection was lost. Well, I might be out of the chat room. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> Still records, as we do. Okay, so it's Juliet's idea to bring Ben to the others. Um, Juliet tells uh, Roger that, you know, he's getting blood, he's doing better, but he she totally lies. And Kate's, like, freaking out, like, what to do. And Juliet comes, as Wendy said, comes up with this idea of the others can help. And I agree with her right now because Juliet, 
even though she says, you know, he, and Sawyer mentions this, he's a kid and he's not Ben yet, so you can't just let a kid die because he's not evil Ben yet. But Juliet wanted Jack to kill Ben in season three when he operated on him. Ben kind of, in a sense, ruined Juliet's life, kept her on the island for many years. You know, basically, Ben's like, you're mine. And I understand it's a kid, but I'm very surprised that Juliet would have just let Ben go to the others and say, have Richard save him. Um, so we find out that the sub isn't coming back for a couple of months because Kate's like, why don't we get him on the sub and try to get him help? Now, in 74, it seemed that the sub was leaving every couple of weeks. Uh, it brings new Dharma recruits in. Well, the next one was six months. So I don't know because the island is moving, whether they changed the sub thing or um, it's kind of interesting how it's not coming for a couple of months. So, okay. So Juliet gives Kate a head start, but she's like, I got to tell James, you know, what's happening, which is kind of reminded me of Kate's dad at the um, recruiting office. Like she asked him for an hour and she gets a head start. So it's almost like that same mirror image, if you will. Um, so he catches up with Kate, but he's not here to stop her. He's here to help her. And he's, again, he's doing it for Juliet. They cross the line to the others. Now, we see a new other with a new beard. And I just thought, wow, this guy is cool. But JJ from No Plain, No Glory Initial Reaction Show said, oh, I wonder if that's a young Mr. Friendly. And I was yeah, like... Same thing. What's that? I said the same thing. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. I didn't even think of that. I'm like, wow, that is interesting because uh, Richard says some of us can kind of leave the island. And, well, actually, Mr. Friendly tells Michael that some of us can come and go as we please. And I thought at the time that Tom Friendly was just like a recruit, that he was brought in kind of like Juliet. Now I'm wondering if you're an original hostile you can come and go as you please, no problem. And Sawyer does say to Richard, oh, he comes out, where did you come from? You know, so I'm wondering if that is, if that could be Tom Friendly, that maybe it start, it's going to start to answer how Richard can just leave and come back. So before we get into that discussion and some more, uh, we find out that basically to save Ben's life, Richard says he's not going to remember and we, and innocence is lost. He won't remember anything. Uh, the bearded guy says, well, you're going to need to tell Ellie. And if Charles finds out, and Richard says, I don't answer to either of them. Richard brings Ben to the temple, goes inside. And before we hit the final, final point, let's talk about this whole event here. Now, Wendy, do you think that was bearded? That was Tom Friendly? Would you buy into that? Now that you're saying it, yeah, I just, <laughs> I always thought too. Back in Locke's episode, further instructions with uh, Mike, the guy who owned the farm. <clears throat> I always thought, he, and he knew about Geronimo Jackson. I always thought he might have been a younger Mister Friendly or somebody related to him too. So I thought, well, maybe that was him then, without the beard. And, Everything, but uh, yeah, I I could go with that. 
Now, what about uh, Denise or Anna? What about, all right, it's confirmed in 77 that Ellie and Widmore, I guess, are on the island, or at least they have to answer them. I think we can strongly assume that they're on the island. Now, do you think Charles and Ellie are, could be brother and sister or like kind of husband and wife of the island? Oh, I never thought about brother and sister, but I kind of like that now that you say it. Yeah, oh, I never oh, thought of that either. Oh, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> Always I like when people like assumed husband and wife, but that doesn't have to be that, not at all. Yeah, because Hawking could be she got married, but then I guess her last name would be Faraday. I don't know. I I don't think names really matter <laughs> too too much because names can get changed all the time. There's maiden names, whatever. But, yeah, because I was kind of thinking, okay, from this dialogue here, it seems that Charles and Ellie are the leaders. Now, what brings up of, of, the, of the others, now, anyone can jump in here. Do you think Charles and Ellie are original habitants? I mean, based on what we know about 1954, See, I'm, I, actually, basically, I'm trying to... I know Ben must have recruited people in the 90s to come to the island, just saving the world with Inman and everyone. Um, and he recruited Juliet and such. Now, I'm trying to think, is Charles and Ellie... I guess we don't know about the whole Black Rock original habitants. I guess we know Richard can stop aging, and he looks like an island inhabitant. But... I'm just wondering if Charles and Ellie are original inhabitants, but then we see Widmore off the island having a real life. So that's where it starts to get confusing. <laughs> so do you think they're original, like Richard Alpert inhabitants, like we saw in Jughead? I'm not or... sure about that because they all have different accents. Where do they get all these accents if they all lived <laughs> on the island for so long? Seriously. Point. I mean, they think Saeed's an other, so where does Saeed get his accent? Do they, like, recruit one person from every country and they bring them all there and you're like, they're like, all right, we're all others here and everybody's got a different accent. That's good. That's what we want. <laughs> As a diversionary tactic, you don't know where we're from because we all talk completely differently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, were they all these people on the Black Rock and they just stopped aging? or Well, we know Widmore has aged. Well, we see him at 17 and, you know, 60 or whatever, how old he is. It's just interesting. Now, okay, now we know Widmore, Benjamin Linus, convinced Widmore to leave the island. And he has been searching for the island for 20 years, as Miles and Charlotte were talking about that. So if you, now he says, he doesn't say, I, I was leader of the island for three decades. He says more than three decades. So it kind of isn't like just 30 years. It, it's more than three decades. Now, it could even mean less years, just he started in one decade for one year, but it's still a decade, you know, the 59, say, then 60 and 70. So, so are we going to think like a 20-year-old Ben Linus convinced them, I guess, like, or a young Ben Linus? So if it's like 1985 when he left, but... I don't know if we really want to discuss that. It's just, you know, just some thoughts that I were going through my mind. Um, 
anything else you guys want to talk about with the whole, is Ben going to be reborn? Is he, what's going to happen to him in the temple? Anybody? Bueller? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Anna and I had talked about that on Thursday night when we did Jacob's Cabin, and I don't know if you've listened to that yet, but we had, uh, we talked about that for a little while, so I was trying to think of, like, new thoughts that I haven't already said. Oh, you could say it again if you'd like, because I, I haven't heard it yet. Um, but if you want to if you want to mention that, that's cool, because I, I would love to hear it. <laughs> well, one thing we were kind of talking about is with the whole comment about losing his innocence, you know, everyone just assumes that that's bad, but you don't have to have bad things happen to lose your innocence. You know, that's part of growing up or, you know, just changing in life is just you're losing the innocence of being a child, but it's not a bad loss of innocence. Ooh, I like so that. Even it's becoming it wise bad, early. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be bad, even though it sounds like it could be bad. Oh, like I maybe like that. losing innocence is losing the innocence of what he thought the island was and learning what the island actually is. Hmm. That's very interesting. I think I'm liking it. <laughs> I really no, seriously. I mean, I sound like I'm joking, but I'm not. Um, no, I that I mean, it's funny because with Lost, we theorize, we go through a lot of stuff, but sometimes when you listen to the writing and you let it sit and you listen to it again, we tend to I'm not gonna say take it out of context, but we context, but we tend to jump to another level when a lot of times when you go back, it's right there in front of you. We just kind of miss things. Because, and again, we don't have 24 hours a day to get paid to just watch Lost, you know. We do this on our own time, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, I mean, mean, we assume when you hear that, oh, my God, he's going to be bad at 14 years old. But, no, it just may not only mature him, but now he's focused and he's not just a little kid making sandwiches. He's, but what's interesting is we know that Ben was back in the Dharma Initiative at the time of the purge. And he's been very patient with his dad and Horace is still there. So that's interesting. What's going to happen when they bring Ben back to Dharma and how, what happens to him? I mean, if I was him, I'd probably want to go back to the hostiles. But then, but then, is he like, if he thinks Saeed's a hostile, would he be afraid to go back? You know, so it, 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 it's very, there's a lot there. Um, do you have anything you wanted to add, Miss Wendy? Or can we move on to Ben and Locke? Well, uh, back to about Ellie. Okay, if cool. Ellie is, is on the island, and it's the 70s. And supposedly she's Daniel's mother. Are we going to see him too as mm. a young boy very soon? And is that why he took off, or did he? You know, is he down in the orchid to avoid all that? Does he come to realize that that he would be there possibly? Or I want to see baby Daniel with a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Right? That'd be hilarious. I wonder if we'll ever know why he just wears ties all the time. Because really, why not? See, I thought why he wore the tie 
so he could know if he was flashing in his consciousness, he knew what time it was. <laughs> like, oh, I got the tie on, it's 04. Oh, no tie, it must be. Yeah. And little, oh, they got to put a tie on the baby. They got to. Well, that would be awesome. Well, yeah, we were talking about how, like, when Sawyer talked to Juliet and was like, and Juliet's like, I'm leaving on the sub tomorrow. And he's like, it's 1974. You got no, nothing to go back to. I, I mean, me and Axel, Donna, we, on the Ramble Oncast, we were talking about how, like, me and Axel started talking about how we think Faraday might have left. And that's why he's shaking in 04. And he left the island and went back into society as the way he looks. And maybe that stops him to eight. I don't know. But so... It's like, where the heck is Faraday? I mean, did he leave the island? Did he meet Ellie in the jungle? And she's like, you better get off. Something bad's going to happen. You better get off the island or, you know, who knows? Was he born on the island? I mean, he didn't know his bleed, did he? When they were going through that, he never, did he, he never knows blood. No, he didn't. He and Locke were the only ones, but Locke jumped down into the well by the time that started happening to Sawyer and Julie. So... Mm-hmm in succession of order, but he never did. He would have been bleeding around the time Charlotte was. So maybe he built up an immunity. (laughs) First, well, he had his notebook. He also had Desmond as his constant at one point, but he, he built up this immunity possibly from leaving the helmet off. (laughs) He was able to (laughs) stabilize himself. It might actually helped him. He went back. Hmm. Yeah, I hope we find out what happens to Faraday. I think we will. This see, hopefully we will, because I'm wondering when that Marvin can't appear Chang and him in the orchid. When that is? Is that during these three years? Is it? You know, did, like you said, like because it's a botanical station, and a lot of people don't know what's underneath. Could he be down there? Who knows? Did he go into where they opened it up? in the orchid, trying to build the orchid so far, did he get in there after we saw that scene in the beginning and crawl through and, and uh, mm. <laughs> somehow yeah. used the, the power that was under there too? I got to believe... The future or something. I got to believe they showed us that because that's where his storyline is. I can't believe they just show that just to be cool and be like, look at this, guys. I mean, I got, there's got to be something to the orchid in him and then that Comic-Con video. There's got to be. There's got to be a storyline because you don't see Pierre Chang a lot. He's on the other side, if you will. And that was kind of weird. when he, A few episodes ago when Jack's checking in at the processing and he's like, how can they be so disorganized on the other side? Like, <laughs> it's like the other side. What interesting <laughs> choice of words there. Donald does it better. Pierre Chang, <laughs> but it's you know you know what I mean. <laughs> so all right, Wendy, welcome to the land of the living. I just wanted to say your name. That's all. Um, you're welcome. Uh, ben wakes up to a grinning lock, and what's interesting is he wakes up after in the show's context context when Alpert brings Ben into the temple. Ben wakes up, and Locke's smiling at him and says, Welcome to the land of the living. Now, Ben looks really surprised to see Locke, almost like 
when he said, I'm going to miss you, John, that he didn't expect Locke to be on the island alive. All right. This is definitely, I'm, I'm thinking in lost fashion, going to set up that storyline of Ben and Locke, and I hope we see it soon. So, what are some of your comments on that? Uh, is Did Ben know Locke would be alive, and could Locke have been rescued by Richard when he came to the island, and we're going to see a resurrection? Because I felt like we were kind of shortchanged. You know, Ilana says, Roxanne was scouting south of here, found a man in a suit in the water. And that, and we didn't see it, then we see the Jedi moment of Locke. I really hope we see Locke. There's something more than him just coming back to the island. I hope we see his coffin on the plane. It falls out or flashes, and it, something good happens. But, Anna, anything you want to comment on? And if you want to defer to Denise or Miss Wendy, you have one pass left. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... I think that Ben really was surprised to see Locke there. Um, I don't think he was expecting to see him alive again, even though they took him on the plane with them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he, I can't remember if he ever talked to Christian Shepherd or if he would have even known who Christian Shepherd was. So, you know, I don't know if he knows about the first flight 815 where there was a coffin and a man in the coffin. So he might not be aware of that. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I was watching something in season one the other day, and um, I guess I guess it was um, White Rabbit, where Jack sees his dad, and he's standing in the water, and it reminded me of how they said they found Locke just standing oh, in the water. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love because I, I mean we even said this early in the year, and of course Nancy Drew talks about it. How I said this season's going to enhance all the other seasons, and when you rewatch, you're going to pick new stuff up. And I'm because I hope I know a lot of people don't like season two as much. I really hope a lot of season two stuff is enhanced by the end of the series. So people go back and watch season two and be like, all right, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe aside from an SOS and something else, but you know what I mean. So, man, there's definitely, uh, I mean, Locke was a proxy for Christian, but man, it's sure like adding up like he's becoming. Christian-esque, if you will. But he seems more, like, real on the island. Like, he's talking to Ilana and Caesar and everyone. So he seems to be more like a real person where Christian seems to be popping up. I mean, he popped up on the freighter, Christian. You mm-hmm. know, like, you're done. You you can go now, Michael. And he's like, what? <laughs> or whatever he says. He didn't say, well, okay. So, um... If you have any comments, but any, because we're about almost done, any quick points, any clues or quotes that you caught, Easter eggs, we can go around, anything you want to bring up now, now is the perfect time to do it. What did you think about his uh, bullet wound switching sides of his chest? Um, Little Ben, sorry. Yeah. At first, I just thought he was in blood, he was bleeding, and it kind of got smeared. But it is, like, on the left, right? Is that Well, the, we... the bullet wound, Anna and I looked up screenshots, and it changes, like, which side of the zipper it's on, on his sweatshirt and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is strange. Yeah, they're working on this mm-hmm. right side. That... Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> like, 
I kind of had a total spaz out about it because I'm studying to go to nursing school in the fall, so I pay a lot of attention to medically kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, first he supposedly gets shot in the heart, and then the next thing he gets shot in the lung and gets a pneumothorax. I mean, wildly different injuries. (laughs) (laughs) And actually in class today we were talking about collapsed lungs, and I'm sitting there trying to pay attention, and all I can think about is little Ben, and I'm like, how would they fix that in class? (laughs) Wow. So I was wondering what you thought, like, is that, do you think it was just a mistake or what? I mean, it almost looks like a mirror image, <laughs> like from the opposite. Um, I, you know, I, I'd have to go back and look. I, if, if, but by hearing about it, that, that, I mean, I don't know what sense to make of that. Whether, I mean, I hate to say continuity error, but I mean, I gotta believe now. I mean, granted, some things happen, but you're on the home stretch. They couldn't mess that up. Especially, oh, go ahead, Wendy. I was I was going to say that I heard somebody I couldn't remember. I was looking around where I heard it from, but someone was talking about it being perception, characters' perception. Like to Saeed, he thought he got him square right in the heart, shot him that one time. Everybody was talking about he usually shoots several times. He shot him directly right in the heart, so he knew and he ran off. To him. So you're saying that last but week we saw it in, act, in the heart right. because that's what Saeed thinks happened? Yeah. but in reality, this is what happened. That's, I thought, hmm, that's a... Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, getting shot in the lung still sucks really, really bad, <laughs> but, I mean, you're going to have a better chance to survive it, and that is actually what happened because they talk about him going into hypoxic shock, and that's, you know, where your body can't get enough oxygen, and that that would fit with a lung injury. And that actually, I read, can also cause a coma, which would cause memory loss. Hmm. Interesting. Donald had mentioned in the chat room that he I probably didn't even realize Ben was shot. <laughs> oh, Donald, I mean... <laughs> you know... Donald is kind of like Ben. To make himself feel better, he's got to, you know, talk bad about the people he's afraid of. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's just oh, 18 Donald. years old. He's just What's 18. that? He's just 18 years old. That's true. And I think just I still think kid. he's 17 and he's he's lying so he can be legal. But That's what he says. <laughs> Oh, Donald. No, would Donald, Donald even be old enough to remember Back to the Future references? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you're bordering on, you know, maybe Back to the Future 3. I don't know. <laughs> Donald, Donald, Donald. <laughs> I, You know, I, I just want to get, um, for Donald, for his birthday, I just want to get uh, Rebecca Mater and the and the guy who plays me, Kyle, to show up at his door and spend the day with him. I I, I want to do that for him. You know, even if I have to hire actors who look like him or impersonators in the middle of the night to be star- standing at his bed. To stare through his window at him until he wakes up? Yeah. 
Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was right. reading the chat right now because I bet it's pretty funny, but I don't yeah. think I can concentrate on both things at once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Donald, Donald, Donald. Cheap shot on Donald. Hey, you can't stand the heat. I was hoping, match. though, that uh, last week when they were in Moscow, I hope I was hoping that we were going to see a baby Mikhail and Donald was going to, like, spaz out with total joy. <laughs> <laughs> baby Mikhail. You know, oh, a little eye no. patch on a face. Yeah, we get a Nadia Kovnichi onesie on. Lost babies. You have little Mikhail with the patch, <laughs> little Daniel with the tie. I mean, we could really, you know... That'd be awesome. All right. How about this? I didn't catch this until the third time because everything was moving around. People were talking fast. But Juliet mentions that their only surgeon is at the Looking Glass station and won't be back Mm -hmm. for two days. Now, why do they have their only surgeon at the Looking Glass station? And why can't they bring him back? What's the reason why he's kind of stuck there? Hmm. Well, see, evidently something's going on. They're doing experiments. Now, he says he won't be back till Friday, so it doesn't sound like it'll be an emergency. But you would think, couldn't he just leave the looking glass? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, communicate with them. Hey, we need Dr. Jim to, uh, Jim, <laughs> you know. Doctor, we need bones or whoever to, you know, get back here. Yeah, that is interesting. See, the whole Juliet thing, man, she, I mean, you want to trust her and she's great, but, man, there's still something going on with her. I agree. You know, what the heck is going on with the looking glass? That's a good point, Wendy. Um, Jeez, was that just a throwaway to kind of like, again? They first brought him in and... and she just lets that information out as they're bustling around trying to uh, take care of Ben. And she said that um, their surgeon was at the looking glass station and he won't be back for two days. Well, he says the doctor, right? Not a surgeon? Because I think the story goes, where's the doctor? He's at the looking glass station until Friday. Do they have a different doctor? Is it a different doctor, do you think, than three years ago? Because three years ago they had the internist guy. He didn't even know how to deliver, well, how to do a C-section to deliver a baby. So, I mean, a doctor like that isn't going to know how to help Ben. Unless the intern three years later is now a a (laughs) full-fledged doctor, you know. I mean, he's not, he's an internist. I mean, what do you go into? You go to residency and then, well, anyway. um, Yeah, I mean, it could be the same person three years later, but maybe. Yeah, he says... Well, did the doctor leave on the sub to go deliver the babies? Is that what we are to assume? Yeah, why the doctor isn't here? Yeah, because he must go with the pregnant women, deliver them off island, and come back. Yeah, usually they they do that on the mainland or something. Yeah, that's what they had mentioned a few episodes ago. So, or is it just convenient that there's not a doctor there? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, he's in the looking glass, hanging out, you know? <laughs> like, Juliet sends Roger to the medical station to get supplies. It's like, Why well, would they have that in the infirmary? Yeah, or 
Well, why not? Let's bring Ben to the medical station. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it, it kind of makes me think of, um, you know, having to go get supplies for jack surgery, too. You know, oh, when yeah, you yeah. appendix out, they have, to, they have to send Sun and Jen and Charlotte to go get supplies then, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. They're sending everyone to go get supplies. <laughs> Why not just bring them to the band station? <laughs> uh, I guess it's TV excitement. I don't know. That's well, if you have point, someone though. who's severely injured, you want to move them as little as possible, though, right? Yeah. You but do. Then you, then, I then mean, you I throw them in a VW bug. bug. <laughs> I think too much of the realistic aspect since I don't have much, you know, sci-fi yeah. under my so yeah it's tough because we let sci-fi things go like smoke monsters and flash forwards and time travel but yet we do pick apart where's the doctor <laughs> why is his hair parted differently why does jack have a bad wig you know it, but i guess that's the fun of it so um i don't have stephanie mac sent me some stuff uh, there were some theories, but it was kind of about Saeed's purple shirt. It was kind of stuff from a week or so ago. So it doesn't quite relate here. And i got a couple of other things that were minor that um, we read last week. But do you guys have any type of theories you want to touch upon right now? Or do you kind of want to put this to bed? I have another one. Oh, Miles, okay. Miles says, any of us can die. So is that going to be, is that foreshadowing? Is, is, are we going to just see like a big <laughs> slaughter of these losties, but we still know that they're still going to be alive in 2004 and all these other places where, like you said, we might not be going through all the decades. Mm-hmm. We might see them further down the road again. Maybe but it's we see so a, a warning to us. Yeah. <laughs> like don't don't expect that your characters are going to make it through the season, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to see some deaths in the finale, possibly. I don't want to, but I mean, I really, I'm at this point. I when we saw the hostels and the new bearded guy and all that, I'm like very eager to learn about them. Like Axel mentioned this, I think I mentioned it on the initial reaction show. I would love a Richard Alpert centric episode. Like, I would love that. For sure. <laughs> I want it. But it yeah. might be a season six thing, because <laughs> um, we kind of see Richard showing up. He does something that someone either orders him to do or asks him to do. But we don't, like, he's there for, like, a scene or two. He's not, like, there throughout. Like, at the beginning of the season, they kind of set it up with Locke, like, oh, wow, there's going to be a lot of Richard and Locke stuff. We got some of that in Jughead, but I want more. <laughs> we need more Richard Alperts. Just imagine if the show Kane kept going on. We might not have Richard Alperts <laughs> because they were scared about that. But then it got canceled. They brought him back in season four. <laughs> so Took him to the temple. Yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, I cannot wait to find out more about the temple. Oh, I know. I want to know about Smokey and the temple and just give me answers already. 
I know. It's funny because I I'm very patient and I don't I love I mean we were getting a lot of answers at the beginning of the year and then it we got some, then it slowed down, then we got a little more and now it's kinda of been building. But I have this feeling that the last like four or five episodes is gonna be like boom. And of course in lost fashion the finales are just amazing. I mean we get a lot, but I don't want this to be over to them. What we got another nine months? Yeah, yeah, a long time. Oh my word! I I am not ready for that. I mean, I even I don't even like when there's a week off. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I know I was spoiled because I watched the first three seasons all on DVD. So I mean, I could watch four, five, six episodes in a row. Yeah. And then when I had this waiting a week in between, I was like, how am I gonna make it? Uh, you, didn't, you didn't have the three months of wondering what's in the hatch all summer no. long, or <laughs> you missed all that. Yeah, well, that, yeah, and that was only three months. That was just that was short. Was that cool. felt like an eternity then. And then that yeah, was like it nine months. I know. I mean, what am I? Uh, what am I going to listen to at work when I can't listen to Lost podcasts all day? I know. <laughs> well, like, believe I'm it or be really bored. <laughs> yeah, well, believe it or not, like, well, in the hiatus. Like, me and Donald were first starting out, and so we were doing podcasts like crazy. So we had content, and then it was like, because I was like, I needed podcasts every day. I couldn't handle not having them, (laughs) so that's why I started one, because I'm like, I need to do something about this. So I avoid spoilers. And so it was like, now I'm like, hopefully... I mean, we have plans. I'm, we're going to try to at least do a podcast a month, you know, about stuff to keep it going. But I figure there's enough lost podcasts out there. Hopefully, at least we'll get some podcasts each month. So at least we can have a little some. Or is it, like, better to just shut down and not think about it? Oh, it's like <laughs> withdrawal then. I know. We have to have lost AA. <laughs> like, yes, I watch Lost every day. And I'm addicted, and oh boy, yeah. Yeah, listening to Lost podcasts all day at work every day really definitely makes time go by a lot faster. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, right. and I are lucky, and we get to listen to our iPods at work, so it's pretty sweet. sweet. That is very sweet. All right, well, you ladies know about our Lost Alum section where. Anything you've seen recently or the last whatever, and you see a lost actor in it. could be a commercial, TV show, film, play, see him on the street, whatever. Um, we don't all live where you do. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. The only that's person true. we see is John Mellencamp out here. So. Oh, I love the Coog. The Coog's my all-time favorite. Yeah, he lives in our town. Bloomington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing a music video a couple weeks ago on campus. I walked right past, and he was like setting up in this little chapel to do a music video. Yeah, and that's the chapel that my husband and I got married in. So I was like, "Wow, that's cool! It's all famous now." Do you live in a pink house by any chance? No, he lives (laughs) in a really big house. But his wife is so incredibly super nice because you know she's a big supermodel. Oh yeah. yeah, sweetest people I've ever met. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my friend, a good friend of mine works for JetBlue at the Burbank Airport, and he's always texting me when he sees the Losties. He's like, oh, Harold Perrineau is here. He's like, oh, Michelle Rodriguez just got on her flight. That it's scary, so cool. too. 
because literally he has like the manifest, if you will, and he could like he could tell me like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, you know, Evangeline Lily's on this flight. You want me to book a seat next to her? <laughs> oh my god, that would be so I mean, crazy. He literally oh. could do, but I'm like, no, that's like stalker stuff. I'm not down with that. I'm like, that'd be a little. But I'm like, but is there a seat open? Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii, that's for sure. That would be against, like, FAA regulations or whatever. That would be good, but... Yeah, I finally saw Walt's um, chicken commercial on TV the other day. Oh, did you? (laughs) I had never seen it before now. I was like, yeah, you're like 25 now. Yeah, (laughs) that was the most talk-about commercial, like, I think. Um. All right, so Miss Wendy, do you have any lost alums for this week? <clears throat> yes, I do. Somebody mentioned that ITG used to have a lost alums uh, jingle. They missed that. Do you remember? Oh. All right, yeah, what happened was in our eight-hour podcast, I guess Glenn was mentioning it. I know he was mentioning it, but that before we did it, I did some lost alums jingle that was kind of off the cuff, and I don't remember what the heck I said. I'm going to have to go back and listen. Yes, yeah, go and, and listen. All right. Time. We'll bring back the Lost Alum jingle next week. Okay. <laughs> I have a Lost Alums from, I was looking up uh, about Sweet Dreams, which is the biopic of Patsy Cline. Ah. And I decided I'm going to look just for kicks, see if there's any Lost Alums on there. And there was. Someone playing Sergeant, a Mr. Carlton Cuse. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's in the movie Sweet Dreams. What? Yes. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I almost fell over. Carlton Cuse acting. Now, it, wh- how old is this movie? 1985. Oh, so I wonder if he started out as an actor first. But that that is it. And I also, it's not technically a Lost Alums, but it kind of is because it's not a movie or anything. But I went to the mall. I haven't been out to the mall in a very, very long time. And there was a restaurant there called P.F. Chang's China Bistro. Yes. And we I, just call it P.F. Chang's out here. And it's like, <laughs> that's what happened. He didn't, he didn't go through the purge. <laughs> He's got like a chain of restaurants out there. These Pierre Chang. Oh God! You know? I just got it. I'm <laughs> so behind. I was wondering I what the heck. What I was looking. At. <laughs> yes, China Bistro's Pierre Chang. There you go. P.F. So Chang. Technically, sort of. <laughs> oh no. Yes, I did not. I I said lost follows me everywhere. So, <laughs> Now, if someone, like, spray-painted it and put Pierre Chang's, that would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, Denise, do you have any lost alums? Um, surely you've mentioned him before, but Juliet was in the first season of Boston Legal, which I got into over Christmas break. And, uh, do you like that she, show? Do you like that show? I love it and don't say anything about season five because I haven't seen it yet. No, I've never <laughs> seen it. I've never seen it. I thought about getting into it over the hiatus. It's hilarious. Cool. Julie Bowen is in it too. Sarah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's in there too. Yeah. That actually, show is fabulous. A couple of weeks ago, it happened to be on, and it 
um, whatchamacallit, uh, Julie Bowen was in it with the Doc Ray <laughs> from, uh, whatchamacallit, from season four there on the freighter. And I was like, geez, talk mm-hmm. about Lost Alums. Yeah, and one of the one of the guys in Boston Legal is also John Scott from Fringe. If you watch that show, yes, you're right. So, yep. And then, um, of course, Cassidy was on Deadwood, which I'm sure you guys have probably said before as Joni. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the only ones I have. Cool. That's Anna. I've got a couple. I don't watch a lot of TV, but uh, I keep up with Heroes, and of course, Juliet's husband is. I guess the bad guy sort of this season on Heroes. Oh, her real husband? No, or, the, her husband that got hit by the bus. Oh, oh, yeah, the one with the weird last name I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah, David or something? Was his name David? Yeah, Ivanov. Or, Gosh, I can't even pronounce his name. Oh, I didn't know he was on Heroes now. Cool. Yeah. And, of course, Greg Grunberg, of course, we know. Right, and young Ben was in season one of Heroes. Oh, was he? Yeah, just real quick thing, like five seconds. But yeah, he was there. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, I kind of don't... I mean, we had uh, a listener email me in about Greg Grunberg and Hollow Man. I think we did mention him a while ago. I think Wendy might have. Um, I was happy to watch Dark Knight the other day, and of course the Richard Alpert. Nestor Carbonals in it. And um, I'll bring this up again. Yeah, Cold Case has had a lot of Lost alums on their shows. I haven't watched this season. I've been recording them. But, uh, yeah, like Alex, Mr. Friendly. I saw Mr. Friendly on Criminal Minds. So a lot of, like, lost actors have been showing up on Life, Criminal Minds, Cold Case. They're all the cleaner, that Benjamin Bratt show on A&E. So they're definitely getting more work after being on Lost. Did you ever also. watch Suddenly Susan a long, long time ago because oh, uh, Albert was on that? <laughs> yep. That's right. Louis. He played Louis. He was the photographer on there, I think. <laughs> oh, my. It's funny because I used to watch ER until Clooney left, stopped, and then I decided to watch the finale of it. And it's funny. You can stop watching ER, pick it up eight years later, and you don't miss too much. <laughs> I'm sure you miss a lot, but like I kind of knew a lot of things that were going on, but it was good to see a lot of the old characters. But you know, it's yeah, funny because yeah, yeah, because Jack on Jay and Jack show, he 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 made a good point. He was watching ER and he goes, you know what? We forget how good the original cast was. You know, not to downplay the new cast, but. Clooney, Anthony Edwards, all of them were just so good. And the show was so big at the time that, I mean, a lot of great actors on now, but it's just those certain stars. That'd be like if Matthew Fox and everyone left Lost and new people came on. <laughs> It'd be kind of weird, I guess. Not only weird, but we'd, you definitely would lose something. But, uh, all righty. Well, um... Why don't, Anna, Denise, why don't you plug your podcast again and give any shout-outs you need to, and we'll wrap this puppy up. All right. Well, um, we are from the Jacob's Cabin podcast. We have a blog where you can find us, and the address for that is 
annainindiana.wordpress.com. You can find us in iTunes. Search for Jacob's Cabin. Um, you can email us, anna.in.indiana at gmail.com. And we spend far too much time on Twitter. And uh, Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, that's all Anna said. But uh, she is Echo Base 77 and I am Sharp Cheddar. Nice. Sometimes my Twitter can be really quiet, so I'd like some new people to follow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Miss Wendy. Any your final words? No, I just want to say thank you to Anna and Denise for stopping by and uh, chatting with us and for everybody in the chat room who came in tonight and everybody who's going to be listening. I want to say and to the host, Heath, thank you very much. And that's that's it for now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Miss Wendy, and it's always a pleasure to have you on as we don't even have to – I guess I've been thanking you for months now, so finally (laughs) you were like, stop thanking me. And I'm like, you're right. You're the show now, too. So I don't have to thank you as much, but of course I thank you. (laughs) But Denise, Anna, thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. It was great. It's definitely a lot of fun when you have other podcasters join in, get your perspectives. You guys were good sports, and you really added a lot to the show today, and I'm sure we'll get tons of downloads because of you guys. But you guys have a great podcast. Keep up the great work, and we're so glad you get, you girls are part of the Lost community, and we get to chat with you a lot. And uh, check their podcast out, Jacob's Cabin. You probably do already because they're ranked pretty high, but if you don't, go check them out. And subscribe to their feed. Don't do the Lost Podcasting. Do the Lost Podcasting Network, but also subscribe to their feed. It helps us out. But uh, you can uh, follow uh, me on Twitter. I'm Heath. TLR now. Uh, just joined Twitter not too long ago because Donald and Anna were telling me I should. So <laughs> I do. And I don't. Some days I have a lot of stuff, some days I don't. But come follow us. Uh, you can email us, thelostrevisit at gmail.com. And of course, Wendy's email, bunnieshatch at aol.com. And her blog, the official blog of the podcast, misswendy.wordpress.com. Special thanks again to Scott Lincoln for the amazing caricature, which is now me and Wendy in the Dharma van with our (laughs) rap friend, is now the official logo of the podcast. You can check them out at ralphthedestroyer.com. Very talented artist, did an amazing job. And, you know, I mentioned to Wendy, oh, it would be cool if we had something. And she put it in, and Scott just took his time and did it on his own time. And... I owe them a major dinner somewhere <laughs> as I am starting to, for yep. the Lost Series finale in 2010, I'm, tr- I'm going to be organizing a place where we can all go so we can watch the finale together, take off work, whatever, for a couple of days, meet up, have fun. So I'll be contacting you about that. But that's whatever happened happens. Like I said, this podcast happened already. You're just probably hearing it for the first time. But next week, I'll talk to Miss Wendy. We're either going to do Saturday or Sunday. I can't do Friday. So we'll figure that out. Then the following weekend, we won't be doing our podcast till Monday, but Lost is off that week. And then on the 24th, we'll have the Ramble On cast where everyone will call in and we'll just 
Well, at that point, we'll have probably about four episodes to talk about new content, so it'll be awesome. want to thank our on the Initial Reaction Show. I thought I thanked all the new iTunes reviewers, um, and of course, everyone in the chat room this week. Alex in Boston. We had Zach, the return of Zach Fast, Tiny the Bodyguard, who was on the Lost Ramble cast with us and tried to help me guess the season one uh, episodes <laughs> from memory. He tried to help me out with clues, and I failed miserably. Uh, Tamara, Persia, Donald, Axel Foley dropped by. Nancy Drew always stops by. We had Kleenex, or Kleenex, or Kleenex. I like Kleenex. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but that sounds cool. I mean, all our Lost community friends who totally stop by and email. We're building up, the like with the Lost Ramble on cast, people are really downloading it like crazy. And we had, with not only with that, but with our old episodes, like the ones I did in the summer when I had Miss Wendy on in an interview, all the old episodes, we got like 2,000 downloads just from old episodes this week. So it, 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 people are starting to figure out about the podcast, but also I believe that ramble on cast with everyone really opens listeners to all of us and they start to get to know a different side of us and that we're fun and we're human and we're nice people. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it, it, it just, it's, it's a great thing. And I think people are really realizing that we do this for fun and we're not trying to be like, you know, we're just doing it for fun. We have a good time and we want everyone to join us when we do that ramble on castle. Feel free. So for me, Miss Wendy, Anna, Denise, we all say goodbye. Say bye everyone. Bye, bye everyone. Bye. <laughs> God Namaste, Godspeed and good luck. Oh, I don't have a voice handy. Hold on one second. <laughs> all right. Jin Kwan. Everything's going to change. Ah uh, yes, everything is going to change. Goodbye everybody. Take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.